Here we are, another day. It's a beautiful Wednesday. It's not that beautiful. It's very. It's just kind of gray and cloudy. It's cold. It's November. Oh, no, it's not. It's December. Jeez, man. Jeez, Louise. December already. That's crazy. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. That's just crazy. I don't know who that is. That's, I don't know who that is. Man, this this weather's just crazy, man. It's it's kind of almost like it's almost like Matthew McConaughey, man. If I had more of a Texas accent, all right, all right, all right. It's just, this invitation's not that good, which we do our best here. Just workshopping it. <laughs> God damn it! Just a little workshop on Birthday Boy Podcast. Gonna head to the Moon Tower. New fiesta in the making. Moon Tower. <laughs> oh my god. How can I talk about I was gonna just I was gonna rant about horrible things and then now I'm I'm just I'm too, I'm in kind of a light and fluffy mood. There's horrible things happening. But maybe I don't need to talk about those horrible things because maybe, just maybe, just maybe, you already know about all the horrible things that are always happening in this country and in this world. And maybe this would be a place to come to not have to have one place and not have to talk about those things. It's like, that's why I love, that's why sports talk is so great. Because if you only listen to sports talk radio, the worst things happening in this world are coaches taking new jobs for millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, and not saying goodbye to their players. If you only watch sports and you only listen to sports talk radio, that's the worst thing that's happening. That's the greatest tragedy that's happened in the last 24 hours is millionaires becoming even bigger millionaires and not having a, a meeting to say goodbye to their team on their way out the door, which I still think is a shit thing to do. But uh, there's just so much <laughs> there's so much awfulness out there that it does. It makes me kind of turn to sp- I mean, that's what you do, right? And aren't we so lucky that we get to, if we have the ability to just escape bad news? I don't want to hear about bad news. I'm going to change the channel. I'm going to put on sports. I'm going to play video games. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm just not going to listen. I'm going to tune it out, and nothing bad is going to happen to me. And that's a that's a cool, fun, nice thing, isn't it, to be able to do? And it's what sucks is that there's a lot of people who can't do that. But, but... Here on the Birthday Boy Podcast, I am actually going to make an effort. Look, there's a fucking school shooting yesterday. Horrible, horrible. There's, uh, you know, COVID stuff on the right. It's just all this crap. I hit record with every intention of talking about all of those things. And now I've decided I'm going to try. I'm steering the plane. And isn't that lucky for me? Isn't that nice for me that I can do that? And it's nice for us that we get to be able to have conversations where we're kind of sort of pretending bad stuff's not happening so that's what we'll do i guess that's what we'll do i had something i was going to talk about uh but now you know this is the problem i need to write things down immediately because i had something in my head and now it's gone it's totally gone i don't even know if i have anything to talk about this morning so maybe this needs to maybe this needs to end early there was something i was listening to talking about college the football coaches and yeah that's the big debate right is like should they have left in the 
this time of year where there's still games to be played, at least one game to be played, and they've got a team that's counting on them and this this and that and leaving and what about if uh you know, what if a coach got sick and couldn't be on the side? Well, if the coach got sick, I mean, that's not like, he can't help it. And evidently there's like Notre Dame is being, I don't I just heard something on Dan Patrick. Notre Dame is being punished, which makes no sense at all. Notre Dame, let's see, uh, punish, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly, is this no? That's last year. Well, well, what's the what's the latest? What's the latest and greatest? I, I don't know. Well, whatever. Something something happened. Uh, I was gonna talk about. I was gonna talk about work stuff. I think. What the hell is wrong with me, man? Anyway, it's 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 that time of the year, man. I, uh, here's what I wanted. To, I know one thing I wanted to talk about was fucking. I just. I just threw out my back. <laughs> I just threw out my back putting on a goddamn t-shirt. Yeah, that's that's fun. And the sad part is that's like I think maybe the sixth time that that's happened this year. It just happens all the time. And it usually happens after periods of great amounts of binging of food. I don't know that that's a, I don't think it's the sixth time it's happened this year. It's maybe the second. To be perfectly honest, the second or third. And both of those other times came after periods of great amount of, of binging. Maybe it is the sixth. Who knows? Maybe it's the twelfth. Maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm downplaying how much it was. But uh yeah, and that's what happens. Like if anybody has ever thrown out their back, you usually aren't the the thing that doesn't throw out the back is is it's let me try. Let me just stop and pause. Let me take a breath. And let me try to formulate words in a way in which they're in a sequential order that actually makes sense. And uh, let me work on this for a second. Isn't it always the case, don't you find, those of you who have thrown out your back before and have back issues or or your neck or something like that, it never happens during... The thing that you would think would lead to your back going out. You know, I could sit here. I spent, what was it, two weeks ago that we put up Christmas stuff? A week and a half ago. It wasn't this past weekend. It was the weekend. Yeah, it was the weekend before Thanksgiving on a Saturday or a Sunday. I can't remember exactly. But it was on that weekend that we uh, we put up all, I think it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday before Thanksgiving. We put up all the the Christmas tree and the decorations, and it's, uh, I mean, the decorate that, that stuff on its own, yeah, that's pretty easy. Put some little things, little toy things on the tree, some candy canes and little ceramic doodads and whatnots and little nutcrackers and stuffed animal things, Christmassy bullshit stuff, and yeah, it's individually, that's no, that's not a lot of strain. Hanging stockings and put in a ceramic lighthouse, which actually Kim did that stuff. <laughs> but what is the big strain is that all of these things go back into giant and humongous bins. We have, I think we have double, maybe triple the amount of Halloween bins. Not because we have more Halloween stuff, but because we have smaller bins uh, with which to contain 
those Halloween items. So while it's a lot of bins and it's a lot of unpacking, the bins themselves is never a great strain on one's body. The Christmas stuff, we have, I think we have like four bins maybe. I feel like we have close to, Jesus, it feels like seven or eight Halloween things. And it's like three or four, five, no more than five. But they're huge. (laughs) They're humongous and they're so goddamn heavy. And they're 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 not. Uh, I mean, I guess the good news is I don't have to I don't have to lug them up from a basement or down from an attic, which I've had to do in the past, and that's no fun. Ooh, ooh, it's hard to walk right now. But I'm trying to walk. I'm trying to walk it off. Right, just shake it off, just like your just like your coach told you when you were a little kid, and you got hit in the face with a baseball, and you're fucking. You feel like your whole face is gonna fall off. Just walk it off. Hopkins, walk it off. You're good. Oh, okay. Thanks, coach. Let's just swallow this blood and get back out there. Okay, that never actually happened, but, you know. Everything was everything was just walk it off. Just walk it off. Shake it off. Oh, you just got hit in the fucking ribs with a baseball? You just, uh... <laughs> you just got... Somebody swung a bat into your face by accident? Just well, I walk it off. Walk it off. Uh, uh, I'm trying to walk it off right now. Anyway, I just I just put on this T-shirt, and it was oh, you just you feel those waves, you feel the shock waves going through your lower back, like oh my god, nothing happened when I was lifting bins and schlepping Christmas, you know, and that's the thing we put away Halloween and unpack Christmas at the same time because that's just the logistically it just makes the most sense. Because if we go, let's say the day after Halloween, if we went and put away all of our Halloween stuff, then it's it's we have to put the Halloween stuff away and then go back later and move all the Halloween stuff out of the way to dig into the Christmas stuff. Whereas if I'm just going, uh, you know, we just have this one storage unit and that's where all the Halloween, it's pretty much just Halloween stuff, Christmas stuff. There's a couple, you know, seasonal things. That's where the bikes go. During the winter, that's where the skis go during the summer, you know, that kind of thing. It's where the golf clubs sit all year round because I never use them. Uh, boy, you talk about throwing out – I, I can't even imagine. If I, if I went outside right now and tried to swing a driver, if I went and hit a bucket of balls, I'd probably be paralyzed for, for the next seven months. It's just my guess. Or maybe it's exactly the kind of horrible back movement I need – Maybe if I start throwing my back out in a different direction, because this is more of an up-down throwing out of the back. Do you know what I mean? It's a vertical. It's from from lifting. It's from bending and putting on pants and (laughs) socks and shoes and putting on a T-shirt. A T-shirt. That's a first. It's usually something stupid, like I'm tying my shoe and I'm not even moving and my back just goes, okay. Or I'm bending over the sink to spit out my toothpaste and my back goes, whoop, okay, fun, fun for all. Uh, Or it's, yeah, putting on pants, putting on shorts. It's stuff that requires, right, bending over, socks, shoes, shoelace tying, shorts, pants, that kind of thing. And today it was just putting on a shirt, just putting on a shirt. And now I'm... It seems it seems more often than not that I'm walking like a question mark. But I'm just walking it off. 
Do you hear my feet shuffling? That's me shuffling back and forth, just walking it off. Just walking it off. But the thing is, what happens, I know that the real thing that happens now, there is a period of time where I didn't have, there are periods of time where I don't have any back issues. And it coincides with a couple of things. Less stress and better eating, which are all related because I am a stress eater. And when I get stressed out, have the high anxiety, that kind of thing, I'm just going to eat more. It just, it's just going to happen. If I'm not feeling stressed out, I feel that I am able to use my time more wisely. I'm not as hungry. I don't care as much about food. I don't need to, uh, you know, eat all this crap to try and, whatever it is, uh, to try and push down stress, this push the stress ball down with food, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and so then when I, when I do get stressed out and then I, I eat, uh, and then my back goes out because all of a sudden, like within the matter of days, like, whoa, whoa, what is it? What happened last week? You were this weight. Now you're like five pounds heavier just overnight. I can't, I can't carry that around. Just, you need to give me some warning, bro. And so the back, it just says, no, I'm not doing this. Fuck you. I'm, I'm out of here. You can stay, but I'm leaving. Uh, yeah. So that's what happened. And I get, I, and most of my, uh, a good portion of any pain that I feel, I'm pretty sure is mental. Not all of it. Um, but this back stuff, it just, it just goes away. It's just, there's no like, you know, it it doesn't just slowly kind of reduce over a period of a few days or a few weeks. It It's around for, sometimes just for a couple days, sometimes for a couple weeks. There's been times, I remember there were times where I was walking, I got off the train and my back was so fucked up from, from stress, but also the horrendously uncomfortable seats on the train. I got off the train to walk to the subway to then, you know, do some more walking to the office. And uh, I was on the platform and I had my backpack with my laptop in it and probably my sneaker, probably my dress shoes. Because I think I would wear, you know, if I wore my dress shoes, all that walking would definitely make my back go out in dress shoes that were not meant for walking. And, uh, so I, so instead of, (laughs) instead of like, and, and I, and I wasn't in a a permanent, um, desk situation. There were times in the past where I would just like, I leave my dress shoes at work, wear the sneakers, throw the sneakers into my little, uh, drawer or locker or cubby or something next to my desk and put on my dress shoes. And that's easy. So there's a pair of shoes. I leave, you know, the dress shoes just stay there. The sneakers, I wear them home or that kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't remember all the, the nuanced details of my shoes. But I do remember a couple of times where I had to stop. I was walk, got off the train and didn't think that I would be able to even take another step without just tumbling over. And so I would stop and just find the closest pillar and just lean, lean up against it. Just lean against this pillar because my back is also like carrying this this huge backpack with a heavy laptop in it and probably with my lunch in it too and I don't know, pens, 
<laughs> stuff that could just sit at a desk. Uh, yeah, it's these are all the horrors, and these are all the reasons why I'm just you know not happening. I'm not coming back to the office in any full time regular capacity ever again. There's no need for it. We've proven that over the last two years. Oh, now I have, I have to sit down. This is fun. I am 97 years old. Ah, fuck. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what happened. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, too, talking, not to get onto this remote work thing again, but I I get emails all the time, right? It's just it's just the way it is. It's, a lot of it's just spam, garbage, nonsense. But uh, emails uh, with you know uh, job opening and this whatever project manager blah blah blah, blah whatever the, all, just all these different roles that are open and um, and I you know I delete them because I'm not looking for anything. If I am looking for stuff, then I'll I'll peruse them a little bit further. But one popped up, and it was one popped up this morning, and it was just there was something about the wording of it that caught my eye, and I and I was just curious, and I clicked on it just to see. You know, it's been, gosh, I, the last time I looked at job openings was June, really. Once I got uh, you know hired at the the place that I liked, and then and then got hired at the other place that I liked uh, back in October. I haven't had to. I haven't had to scour the job boards, or you know, really pay any attention to these emails with all these different analyst roles and PM roles and all this other stuff. And what has been? You've probably seen this in emails that you get. Uh, for those of you who are who are looking and that kind of thing, you get an email from recruiters, and pretty much since the pandemic began, it says says remote remote opportunity, but we'll be back on site after COVID. Remote till COVID is usually what it says. That's the word that they use. Remote till COVID, which is like okay, let's. That's grammatically maybe the most perfect thing I've ever read. Remote till COVID. That just makes so much sense. Uh, we're gonna be uh, at home until until COVID. When do we go back into the office? Uh, not until COVID. Like, what are we, have we renamed a holiday? Is Christmas now called COVID? Is that <laughs> we don't go back until New Year's? Uh, no, we renamed it. It's COVID. We're not going back to the office until COVID. They never say until COVID is over, until restrictions, it's nothing. It's just remote till COVID because they got too t- – they probably were trying to write those sentences and they got too tired of saying like – and every, and nobody and nobody actually knows because COVID is never going to end. I mean it really is not. It's just how much we can control it, you know, all the usual vaccinations and all that stuff, all that good stuff. Uh so they just got t- – they're like, look, people know what this means. Remote until COVID. <laughs> like, okay. Maybe that's three months. Maybe that's three years. Maybe that's one year. Maybe that's never. I don't know. But it's it's fascinating to me that there's so many places that are still under the impression that they can just they're – not, they're not calling the shots anymore. That's That's kind of the remarkable thing. Like the companies – are not able to make that. You're not going to decide that. Yes, there are people who want to be back in an office. And there are people who like being in an office and want to be there five days a week. I, were, I Colleagues are in the office five days a week. Not many of them. Not most of them. A couple. Uh, I have a few who are there two days a week, maybe three days a week. Uh, and they And they like that. Gets them out of the house a little bit, mixes it up. And that's what they like. And that's great. 
And I think that's the right thing to do for a company to say, look, you can come in if you want to every day, one day, three day, whatever, whatever the hell you want. Um, but that's also, you know, that's not feasible either because then what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to sit there with this big building that's empty most of the time. And then a couple days a week, some folks are coming in and, you know, I, I guess, I guess maybe people can get away with that saying like, Hey, we need you on site two days a week and you'll alternate or we need you on site five days a week and then remote all you alternate weeks or something like that. But to me, I see anything that even hints that it's not going to be remote in perpetuity. Delete. Nope. And the thing that shocks me, doesn't really shock me, but the thing that shocks me, and I was talking to, maybe I've mentioned this already, but I was talking to a recruiter who calls me regularly uh, just to just to check in and you know say hi. He's a really nice, nice dude, good fella. He does a lot of work with some very big banks, um, both of whom I've worked for in the past. And we were talking about this, and I said, you know, he's like, yeah, nobody really knows what's going on. <laughs> These kind of, they, they want the people back in the office. The people don't want to go. And I said, yeah, newsflash, the people are never going to want to go. People never wanted to go before COVID. A lot of folks had pretty good remote gigs before COVID, and now – even more people are like, holy shit, we could, I could have been doing this the whole time? Yeah, I'll take this. And what the thing that companies, some are realizing it and some are not. And the ones that realize it are going to be the ones that attract and retain top talent. And that is that you are no longer competing against the local market uh, within which you operate. Within which you operate? That can't be right. Uh, the local market in which you operate, uh, because you're not, you're, you know, for a long, long time, it was like, okay, we've got to get the best candidates who are within, uh, I don't know, 30 mile radius, maybe 40 or 50 mile radius, but don't have a problem commuting that distance. Uh, just people who are, who are commutable, who can come in. No matter what their length of their commute is, they're just going to be here every day. That's that's, and we're competing against other people. And if an employee doesn't want to be here every day, we'll find somebody else in this market who does. Well, that's over because now, you know, it's and it kind of sort of was over a while ago. It's just people are starting to realize this now. Like, oh yeah, we don't have to just look locally. We can look anywhere, and now we don't have to bring if we hire somebody who's five states away, we don't have to move them up here. We don't have to fly them up here. We can do all the interviewing on a video conference and they can work from wherever they live. I don't give a shit. As long as they have good internet and electricity, <laughs> then we're set. That's really, that's the, that's the prerequisite. You have good, good fast internet, fantastic. Uh, so what a lot of these companies are realizing is, oh yeah, we're not competing for the people who just live in that area, we're competing. We're looking for talent everywhere. So if somebody, let's just say Boston. So if there's a company who wants everybody on site and you think that you're just trying to, uh, attract the best talent locally, you're not because the best talent locally, if they don't want to go into the office, they'll pretty easily 
you know, not like pretty easily, relatively easily. You can find another job that's not located anywhere near Boston or New York or Detroit or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? So like once these, these companies, some of them don't seem to be waking up to this fact and they're saying, no, we want everybody here on site locally. And the other, the other big company in town wants the same thing. And if you don't like it, well, what are you going to do? Because we're the biggest game in town. It's like, well, I'll find a big game not in this town who will hire me and I get to keep living in this town and nothing else changes except I work for a different company who appreciates the fact that a lot of people just want to stay home forever. So it's, it's very interesting and it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. And I think it's going to shake out majorly uh, in favor of the employee, it will continue to do so because now you have, it's not just Google and Twitter and the big tech companies who are letting their employees stay remote forever. It's other, it's consulting firms, it's some banks, financial institutions and stuff like that. And their biggest problem is now they're looking around and saying, well, what's going to happen to these major metropolitan areas? What's going to happen to big cities with huge high rises filled with office real estate? And there's nobody in there. Well, shit, maybe the cost of living is so fucking ridiculous that you can convert them into housing. And then maybe there'll be more housing available for people. And maybe people won't have to move. Maybe people won't have to live a two-hour commute away from the center of town anymore. Maybe people will still want to live downtown and pay a good solid rent or mortgage to live in these apartments and condos and homes that are in these major cities. But maybe because now you've converted all of the offices or many of the offices to affordable housing. And when I say affordable, I mean, you know, not as astronomical as it is now. It's not still not going to be like cheap, but affordable, like a reasonably priced, you know, because there's still going to be, are there going to be people who are making good money who want to live in a nice high rise and look out over the park and over the skyline and all this? Yeah, of course. So it's not like the city's going to go away. Cities aren't going to go away. They're just going to be different. And I think people are probably afraid because they've been able to charge insane amounts of money to have these tenants have like these huge office buildings, these skyscrapers, these towers filled with yeah, tech and finance and all this other stuff, paying huge, huge amounts of money every month to lease these spaces. And now they're going to go away. They're going to, when the lease is up, they're going to be out of there. And a lot of these, a lot of these firms are saying, okay, well now who, now who's going to pay? So obviously there's a huge push to try and manipulate people to, to come back to work. Cause you see these articles about like, here's why going back to work isn't so bad. Like fuck off. Then great. If it's not so bad for you, you can go back to the office and maybe the office is a much smaller place. Maybe instead of, and maybe that's the difference. These big firms, you know, finance and tech and media firms and all these things are going to occupy maybe maybe just one maybe just one floor of an office building instead of eight. Maybe that's the big difference. Maybe they just take up two floors instead of twenty. And maybe or maybe they move to a a better, more affordable place and they have instead of you know, and maybe there's a handful of people who have their own desks and their own offices because they're going to be there either because they want to or maybe they have to for some reason be there four or five days a week. 
And then maybe the rest of those cubicles, the rest of those desks are, you know, it used to be, and still kind of is, you have, you have the cubicles, that's where all the, the permanent employees are sitting at their desks, at their cubicle, at their whatever. And maybe there's like a room on every floor that has X number of, of workstations for, you know, just for drop-in, for people who are maybe, uh, you know, maybe coming from the New York office to the Boston office and they need a place to, to park their laptop and still have access to the, to the corporate Wi-Fi and all that stuff to, to get on, you know, to get into the, the intranet and everything. There's usually like a room of that, of maybe like 10 or 20 desks, depending on the size of the, you know, five, maybe 20, maybe 30. I think that's going to be the change. Is that's going to be like 90% of the real estate is just going to be those places where people can just reserve. Hey, I need to go to the office Wednesday. Let's see. Let me look up here. I'm going to reserve. Uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take desk uh, C3. I'll sit there. And, and I feel like that's what it's going to be. It's just instead of a little room that has those things, it's going to be most of most of the area. That's my take, I think, uh, because there's a lot of people who are remote and have no plans of going back to any office on any regular basis. Yeah, if you, okay, we need to have a whiteboard session and bring the whole team in and it's just easier to do it in person, fine. Yeah, once in a while, okay, cool. I have no problem. I've been in a few times and I've had no problem with it. But it's not a regular thing. It's not the norm. And that's okay. And I'm I, I'm sure I'll go back at some point. You know, probably average, uh, you know, maybe once a month I'll go in. That's fine. That's just fine. Uh, and then there are other companies that have no physical office location and that's fine too. Then, you, then there's no going in for anything. Um, but... Then there's these big these big places that are saying, no, we want everybody coming in. I'm really going to push to have everyone back. We're better when we're together. And it's like, yeah, that's true. And we can be together without being together. That's the great thing about all of this wonderful technology. And you're going to find out very soon. You're going to get the <laughs> – you're not going to attract and you're not going to retain the best of the best because – a lot of these people are going to say, no, no, no. I, uh, I've just discovered a quality of life that I have not had in decades. I don't have to get up at 5 in the morning to catch a train, to catch a bus, to get in the car. I don't have to fight traffic for an hour one way each day or two hours or some ridiculous thing. Or even, even if it's 20 minutes. Both, you know, one way, 20 minutes, one way, 20 minutes. So there's 40 minutes of your life every day that you are just sitting in traffic. And that's not a crazy amount, but it's still, it's 40 minutes a day. So a lot of people have discovered, hey, I can sleep in a little bit. I can go to bed a little bit later. I can get, or I can get up at the same time. And now instead of commuting to work, I can go, I can exercise. I can take a walk. I can do a podcast. I can spend time with my kids. We can have breakfast together. Like uh, right now I take my kids to school every day. And yeah, there's a lot of days where that alarm goes off and I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> they say, oh, why don't you have your driver's license yet? It's too early for this. It's too cold. But, uh, but once we're out the door, I'm, I'm so grateful and so appreciative just to have this time. The oldest and I get in the car, it's, a, it's an 11-minute drive to school. It's not, a, it's not a lengthy, 
But it's like we're spending that time together, and we listen to this podcast that we really like called Haunted Road, and it's about these haunted places and the stories behind them and, you know, the Mark Twain house and the uh, – and the uh, can't think of her name – Lizzie Borden house and all these different – these different haunted, like Tombstone, the haunted, you know, the ghosts of the, you know, the the Earps and the, all that stuff, and they're just they're good stories, and that's what we listen. We just get in the car. We don't say a whole lot to each other, even though we converse quite regularly throughout the day. We just get in that car, and and we drive to school, and we listen to the we listen to the podcast, and it's a great time, and we might you know comment on it or something. And then we get to school and I say, all right, have a great day, kiddo. Love you. Have fun. See you this afternoon. All right. The kid waves, shuts the door, and they're off to school. And I'm off to home to then get the second child ready. And we head out the door at 825. And we get to the school drop-off nice and early. And we have at least 15 to 20 minutes before they open the door. And we sit in the car and just talk about anything. Such it's quality time. I have 20 minutes where I'm just sitting in park every morning with my kid and we're just we're forced to talk to each other, which is great. You know, because if I if it was if I I wouldn't be here, I've for years, I didn't see my kids until, you know, seven o'clock at night or later or sometimes not at all. I think about it now and it, it fucking kills me to think of all the times that I got home after those kids were even in bed. So I left before they got up and I got home after they fell asleep. A whole day where I didn't even see my children. I might as well have been on another planet. And now we have this opportunity to spend time with our kids, our friends, our family, all this stuff that we can do uh, that we couldn't do before. You know, I'm here now when my kids, I don't pick my kids up from school unless it's, you know, special circumstances uh, where the wife can't make it, um, which is rare. But either way, I'm here. I'm right here when they come home every day. When, when my oldest gets dropped off and comes in and we hang out for a few minutes, we talk, how was your day? Blah, blah, blah. Just, just, you know, dicking around for 10 minutes. And then I get back to work and they get started on their homework and it's great. My wife gets home from school around quarter to two and if I'm not in a meeting, I'll come out, say hi, I'll sit at the table for 10 minutes, talk, how was your day? I'll talk about my day, I'll talk about, how, you know, just whatever, just chat for 10 or 15 minutes and then I get back to work and then she goes and picks up the kids and then my youngest gets home and we get, you know, we're eating dinner together every night. Like even if I'm working late, I can just stop and say, all right, dinner time. I'm going to go have dinner and then I'm going to come back to work in 30 minutes, an hour and finish up work. Where before, oh, I have to stay late and do work. So I'm not going to be home for dinner and I'm not going to be able to see you guys and see you tomorrow, hopefully, maybe. And it sucks. And I'm not doing that ever again. These fucking, and that's why the whole thing about loyalty that I talked about, it's such bullshit. And these, these fuckers will gladly chew up and spit out anyone they can, pay them as little as they can, hope that they don't realize how much they could be getting. And I'm very fortunate that I've never, 
I, I don't know that there's ever been a time where I've been underpaid. And that's the great thing too. The, you, the internet is at your disposal. You can easily look up your job title and your industry and your city and see what other people are making. Is it more than you? Is it less than you? Great. Make it, make, do something about it. That's the great thing. And I have been very, only, it was only this past year that I knew that I was going to be underpaid. I said, well, I'd rather be underpaid and still making a lot of money than zero dollars and zero cents as my income. And so, you know, I, I went with it knowing that that was going to be temporary. And, uh, and now, now we're on the other side of the, the tunnel. And, and other than that, other than that very brief three month period of time at the beginning of 2021, I've never, and, and about two weeks in, uh, in April, I guess at, at the other thing that I did. Uh, so for about three and a half months this year, I was underpaid and I knew I was underpaid, but, uh, you know, that, that was short lived. It was temporary and I could have said no, and I could have found something else. But now we're at this point, it's like, man, they, they, you know, the fucking company, they, they don't give a shit. <laughs> if you're, all they care is that you're getting the work done. <laughs> that you're, uh, you know, it's really all just a great big pyramid scheme, you know? You think about it. It's like, there's, yeah, there's somebody at the top making a fuck ton of money. Are they working that many? Are they working several million times harder than you are? No. <laughs> are they working several thousand times harder than you are? No. Are they working 10 times harder than you are? No. They're not. And and so they're they're happy to have all the little worker bees doing their little buzz 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 all day long. Nobody gives a shit if you're getting home, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. Is the work done? Great. Where's the okay? You got the work done? Good. Here's the here's more work. Get it done. Where's the rest of the work? Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, and so having that on top of hours and hours and hours every week to be driving to and from said real fun, super duper good time, awesome <laughs> job. Eh, no thanks. And so now what I've had since July is. Remote, check. Great pay, check. Quality of life and good people who I want to work with and work for, check. Got it. And now I think more and more people are going to be able to do that because now now the employee has realized, oh, I don't just have to look for jobs where I live. I work for for jobs anywhere. I live in New York. Hey, here's a great job in Chicago. I don't have to move there. Great. It's remote. Oh, I, I live in Chicago. Here's a nice job in Dallas. Oh, it's remote, so I don't have to move there. Fantastic. I live in a fucking cabin in the middle of nowhere in the mountains. Here's a job on a global team, and I have fantastic Wi-Fi, so I have no issues being connected to a, to a, a high-speed internet and, and a good laptop. Great. Works. That's, that's what's happening. Candidates can look anywhere now. And for a lot of us, it's been that's been possible for a while. Um, before the pandemic, I had remote jobs that were nowhere near where I was living. 
and I had bosses who were not in the same city and all this stuff. And now, now it's just that everybody gets to benefit from that. Obviously not everybody, everybody. There are there's certainly jobs that need to be done in person. But the ones that don't, now the we've pulled the curtain back and revealed the big secret. Hey, if you can do your job from home, you can do your job from home. So that's great. Anyways, I don't know what this has to do with anything. My back, I'm just I'm just trying to get my back to feel a little bit better. It does ever so slightly. I've got a new pair of slippers on the way too. That's my problem. I walk around barefoot. It's not good. That's not good. And at most of this place is it's a hard vinyl floor. It's a very very pretty floor, but it's a hard floor. It's a hard and unforgiving floor. And so yeah, it's not good for your back. It's not good for your feet, your legs, and the rest of it. Mm. But it's tough, man. This time of year, this time of year is not easy either, right? Because you're you're eating the, from Halloween through New Year's. It's just like, oh god, it's uh, you know. And I do. I, does anybody else get more? I get more stressed out. Like the colder, darker stuff stresses me out more. It's a weird thing. I wonder why that is. Like I find myself, no matter what projects I'm doing, no matter what work I'm working on, if it's uh, May, June, July, August, September, October, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. And then from like now, for the next several, you know, November, December, January, February, March, parts of April, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's just it's 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 more everything's more stressful just based on the weather to me. It's weird. Uh, I don't know, just less sunlight. Yeah, I think it's that because when I when I when I lived in uh, hot, you know, I lived in Florida, and I thought, oh, well, at least this will be nice because it'll be warm, and maybe I won't get as bummed out. <laughs> maybe I won't be as uh, seasonally de- depressed and stressed out as I usually get in November and December and January and February. No, it was it was just the same. Because it was, I think it's just the darkness. That fucking four o'clock darkness is uh, that's a killer. But yeah, it's it's colder, it's darker. There's Halloween candy, then there's Thanksgiving food and pies, and then there's all the Christmas treats. It ain't easy, man. And I was thinking about it last night. I really, there's just been some. There's just been very specific things that happen every year around this time. Uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 was, they were all very stressful in like late November through the holidays for various different reasons. And yeah, I had, this is, I'm really looking for, this is the first year where I'm not going to be starting a new job on the day after New Year's, which is exciting for me because I, (laughs) I have not enjoyed that. It's, it's, (laughs) It's bad enough to come back after the holidays. It's hard enough to come back to a job that you know and are familiar with. And then to just come back after the holidays and just walk into a completely new place and have no idea what's going to happen. It's, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's in, and usually, I mean, the first few days, first few weeks at any new job are typically not crazy, crazy. But uh, sometimes they are. Sometimes they're crazy from minute one of day one. And, uh, and it doesn't stop. <laughs> so, 
uh, this is one that I'm at least happy. Like, okay, the the job that I have when I log off on <laughs> on December 31st is going to be the same. I'm going to be logging into the same job on January 2nd or January 3rd. But uh, yeah, there were always very just coincidentally very stressful things happening. And in 2017, I came back after the holidays to the same job that I had when I left, but it was, uh, things were just being dumped in my lap. I remember just being like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And then, and then coming down with, you know, the worst cold, the worst sickness, like I lost my voice. I couldn't talk. I couldn't, it was, it was a nightmare of all nightmares that that 2017 2018 holiday season and and that lasted for several months and 2018 was just from start to finish is a horrible year there was nothing at all good about that year um but then at the end of 2018 it got better because i left a place that i truly hated and had to just finish out the last 3 weeks of december at that place and knew that i was that was that was not stressful that holiday season was pretty nice once, once I got to Christmas, that Christmas week was great because I was done with the old job and about to start the new job. And the new job was a familiar company, so I knew I was going back to familiar, a familiar scene, new team, but I was, I was feeling really good about it and it ended up being a great – 2019 was just the complete opposite of 2018. Until the end of 2019 where I landed myself a, a position that was not as it was advertised – and uh and that when when things started being dumped in my lap that I was not expecting I said whoa whoa what what's going on here I thought I was the analyst not the manager of this project oh no we need you to be the project manager oh well I'm not going to do that well what choice do you have well my choice is that I can just leave and then a couple weeks later I left <laughs> And, but that was a very, very stressful uh, end to the to 2019. As good as 2019 was, the final two months were it was quite, quite stressful, quite difficult. And uh, but luckily things worked out. And then to start the new year, uh, it was stressful because I didn't know what the new job was going to be like. And then I got there, and it was wonderful. And the entire year of 2020, uh, other than the fucking horrible pandemic, from a work perspective, was great. People that I really got along well with, I fit in. It was an awesome, awesome experience. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> a year ago at this time, that was coming to an end. And I ended up accepting a role that I knew I was not going to like, that I knew was going to be stressful, that I knew was just not, not going to work out. So that made it a, a very miserable end to the year. I had, from the, from the moment I got the call and accepted the new job that started back in January of this year, I had a sick feeling in my stomach and I said, oh, I hope this is something. I hope this isn't going to last the entire three weeks leading up to the start of this job, the rest of December, through the holidays, through Christmas and to the first day. And it did. And it didn't stop. <laughs> it didn't stop until April uh, when I when I left that particular job and then started a new one. And then the and then the sick feeling in the stomach came came rushing back with uh, with another role and blah 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 then july came around june came around and i left the previous place had three weeks off that was so fun and so spectacular and it was so relaxing it was just what i needed 
Then I started the new job, and the new job was phenomenal. It was so good. It was so great. And, uh, and life, life is okay right now at the moment. <laughs> and I'm happy to be going into the holidays not having – that's the thing. You, got, you take three Christmases in a row where you know, November, December is traditionally not the best time of the year to be searching for a new job. And so when you have 2018, 2019, 2020 – you factor in a pandemic, you know, when you've got all this stuff happening and you're trying to look for a job and you're trying to get ready for Christmas and all these other things, it's unbelievably stressful. And so now I ha- I'm, I'm feeling stressed right now because I have the, uh, you know, kind of the, I guess the aftershocks of the, of the last several years uh, makes, it, makes it weird because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm, I'm stressed out, but why am I stressed out? I'm not really stressed out. And I think it's just that, uh, it's that, it's that PTSD. And I, I used to be one of those people who was like, PTSD, that's just for, that's for combat veterans. Nobody, nobody else could possibly have PTSD, but that's not true. Everybody, if you have it, it just means post-traumatic stress syndrome. If you have something that is traumatic, and that's not up to anybody else to tell you, that's up to you to tell you if it was traumatic because you're the one who experienced it. If you go through something that is incredibly stressful in a way that might alter your outlook or your mental capacity or your physical well-being or anything else, and it's something that even after that thing ends, you're still, you still have nightmares about it or you still think about it and it still makes you sick to think about it. That's fucking, you know, you can have it with, with bad relationships, you can have it with horrible jobs and horrible bosses. You can have it with, yeah, certainly people who have to do horrible things, that, you know, in combat and, uh, you know, where, where literally their lives are on the line. I would imagine that's just, yeah, of course you're going to have incredible PTSD from those things. But, uh, yes, it's, 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 it's the first year where I'm not, I'm not in that spot and it feels fucking great, man. So hopefully that'll keep going, <laughs> not just through the holidays, not just through, but just keep going. I hope that it's over, like, it just needs to be done. I've tortured myself enough by accepting these roles that I knew were going to bring me nothing but torment, and then they did. And yeah, you had to suffer through it, because if you listen to this podcast back in back in January, February, and March of last year, it wasn't a fun podcast. Because even on the weekends, I wasn't, I was just, it was consuming me all the time. Just complete stress and anxiety and worry and fucking, yeah, just nauseating feelings 24-7 for months and months and months. And that's a fucking trash feeling. And so the only thing I, my, my only goal for 2021 was to get out of feeling like that at all times. And ever since June... We've been good. The first six months of the year, not so fun, not so great. Second half of the year, fantastic. And uh, it looks to hopefully continue that way into 2022. And yeah, and I think that's, I think that's it. I think, I think we're in a good place. I feel like I'm in a good place indefinitely, in perpetuity. I don't know. I just, God, I get on this thing and I just... There goes my plan. My plan was, I said, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to set a 10-minute alarm. 
And once the 10-minute alarm goes off, I have one minute to finish my thoughts and be done. And here we are, <laughs> 52 minutes later. <laughs> God damn it. Well, this is, but this is the fucking thing This, you know, this podcast, I, I don't know if it's doing anything for anyone else. I know there are certainly people who enjoy it. But for me, and I know, I know there's both Nates, Nate D and Nate S have reached out saying that it has helped them through, you know, either through tough times or just, you know, just general, hey, love the podcast kind of thing. Uh, super fan Aunt Carolyn has said the same thing. A lot of people have. A lot of people are listening, which is great. And I'll tell you, it's helped me because I was able to, you know, on a Saturday afternoon when I was feeling like total garbage and thinking, oh, my God, it's the end of the world, I would sit down and record a podcast and feel slightly better for a little bit of time to just fucking vent and rant and whatever felt good. And now we're at a place where I just am happy and I can just uh, like, hey, let's just talk into the phone for a little bit, talk about uh, talk about whatever. And it's, yeah, it's really, uh, it's really been very helpful. Very, uh, it's saved me in a lot of ways. So that's good. That's a good thing. Oh, man. Governor Baker not seeking a third term. Okay. We have a great deal of work to do. Okay, well, great. Charlie Baker, nice knowing you. Uh, we want to focus on recovery, not on the grudge matches. Okay. So he's leaving? So he's going to focus? I don't know. I don't know enough to that. I just He's not seeking a third term. Okay. I thought this was his third term. Seems like he's been here forever, but I guess not. I guess I haven't really been here that long. It just it seems like forever sometimes. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. I think I'm done for now. It's been good to talk about everything. It's important. It's a, it's important to be an advocate for yourself. They say be an advocate for yourself with the doctor. If you're telling the doctor something like, hey, I've got this pain here, and the doctor kind of brushes it off and says, eh, you just need to exercise more. You need to sleep better. You need to da-da-da-da-da. But if you're in your deep down inside, you're saying, yeah, but I think it's something. I mean, you have to advocate for yourself there. The same thing for everything in life. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to be an advocate for yourself to get the money that you think you deserve. Because they don't want to pay you. They would love to get the best candidates for for probably half what you're worth. So you have to do that. You want to work remote? Make that happen. Everything is negotiable. It really is. It's it's crazy. It's crazy how much you can you can you can get if you just ask for it. They will give it to you. Not everything. Not something that's unreasonable. But if you feel like, hey, you know, I, I think my salary should be, uh, you know, this much higher than what you're paying, that what you're what you're offering me, then then ask for it. Maybe you'll meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe you know, and maybe not. And maybe it's like, okay, but uh, this doesn't seem like that great of a job, anyways. So I'm gonna move on and find something else. It's just important. Just be your be your own advocate. Even if you have a really great recruiter, they're not always going to do that for you. They're just not. They they will in a lot of cases, but also they might not. And you need to uh you need to know what you're worth and you need to go fucking get it. 
And you you have to get you know, and I talk about all these things and I what I leave out is like you also have to be you also have to be able to do the job and do it well. And I feel good that I've I've had however many years it's been of proving myself time and time again being thrust into scenarios where I don't know what the fuck's going on or I've never done this before or this is not familiar to me but you figure it out you you engage with the team you you read materials and figure out stuff that needs to be figured out and you just work your ass off to get there and then then eventually you do build quite the resume and quite the reputation and then you can call the shots but even before you get there you should be you should still be you know, you should still be advocating for yourself. I've done it since day one. The first office job that I got, I didn't negotiate shit. They offered me $29,500 and I I jumped at it because I was making $25,000 working at a bookstore. <laughs> I was making peanuts working at the bookstore. They were going to pay me slightly more than peanuts, but to never have to deal with a customer again to never have to work on an, another holiday and uh, to have my weekends available and to sit in a nice, comfy little desk chair instead of running around a bookstore trying to help some asshole find a CD. So I fucking jumped at that. I didn't know how to negotiate. I didn't care to negotiate. I took whatever they gave me, and it was a ton of vacation time and all that stuff. And then the next year, I said, you know, I'm... I actually I can do some stuff. I'm not so bad. And uh, somebody else offered me a, a position, and <laughs> I said okay, but that salary is not gonna not gonna do. And I asked for a small, very very small amount more, and they gave it to me. And I said, oh, oh that's, oh that was nice. You can really just ask for something, and sometimes you'll get it, or sometimes you'll be met halfway, or somewhere along the way, and that's that's a good thing. So, okay, that's enough for now. It's been an hour, and what an hour it's been. I'm very tired of talking, so I'm going to go now. This is me going.